Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Today we have data junkie, Star Wars fan, entrepreneur, instructor, Robin Hunt of Think Data Solutions on the show. Uh, that's her byline from her uh, LinkedIn profile, which I always laugh at when I see it come across, but largely wanted to talk about, Robin's been an Excel pro for going on 20 years. And so I wanted to get her thoughts on what should we all learn in Excel that we can apply routinely uh what would make the biggest difference what's the one thing we should learn that's going to make the biggest difference in our day-to-day -day and save us a ton of time and so robin shares that with us and I'll, I'll briefly tell you she didn't well we do talk pivot tables but that wasn't the thing um but i learned that lesson and where that question came from is i spent six hours developing a macro in excel this is 15 years ago and avoided pivot tables i think like a lot of people do and so after I got this thing to work, somehow I came across pivot tables again uh, while trying to figure this thing out. And it literally took me 60 seconds to recreate what took me six hours. Um, so that's where it came from. I knew just through pivot tables. And again, this is 15 years ago that there is a lot that we can do with Excel, but not being in Excel, in Excel all the time. And with Robin being in Excel all the time, I wanted to get her thoughts on that, which is she gave a fantastic answer and I know I'm I'm gonna spend some time looking into it also the example she gave I was like ooh that's how I do that and that's how I do that and I need to do it different now so uh be sure to check that out Robin also mentions the data certification that she has partnered with CompTIA on and when that's going to be available uh it's tool agnostic so you don't have to have a, a given tool to uh, get certified in that so uh listen in for more details on that and then Robin is also speaking at the Audit Analytics Conference this Thursday and Friday, October 21st and 22nd. She's doing uh, a course, a session on Excel. So if you like this, if you like Robin's content and you want to hear more and see more and learn more hands-on from Robin, be sure to check that out. There is a link in the show notes. It's two days, 15 speakers, all audit analytics so that that's it there's no um there's no demos uh relative to tools or anything like that it's just um it's just that so and if you don't get enough from robin's session because there's so much that, that can be done be sure to connect with her on linkedin she is a linkedin instructor i don't know if this was for one course or all of her courses um i just briefly saw it she's had over 600,000 folks take her training so 
They are very good. I've seen her in person live uh, twice and had takeaways from it both times, a lot of takeaways uh, both times. So I highly, highly recommend it. Here we go. Power okay. Query is something that I've seen. I think I even saw last week on LinkedIn, somebody was talking about like, what's the one thing in Excel that people don't know about that they should know about? Or like, what's your favorite functionality within Excel or something to that, that effect? And Power Query is what, I believe it was Oz Dusalay that said Power Query. And so for those that don't know, what is Power Query? Um, if you were to point someone in the direction of how to learn Power Query or, or the advantages of Power Query, where would you mm, put them? Yeah. But, but really, what, yeah. what, what is that? So Power Query is the data transformation, data prep component of both Excel and Power BI. I think one of the biggest differences or the last time I checked was the ability to connect to a multitude of data sources. Okay. Um, they both connect to a lot, um, but I think Power BI may have a few more connections than an Excel Power Query. Um, but it's any other, it's like, again, for years, I taught people how to program macros to do basic data transformation. Uh, you can get me to touch a macro <clears throat> for a data transformation now. I mean, I don't even think I would. I just don't think I would do it. It's it's that good. It's been around for about six years, which for people who have been doing data the hard way, uh, it hurts their feelings to discover that. Yeah. Um, but as a longtime Excel user, to be fair, even though it's been around for over five years, I haven't used it that long. Uh, I think what happens is we get into our routines of, I know how to do this. And so therefore I'm not going to change. I'm not going to adjust. So the adoption of some new fancy flavor of tool, we kind of, we just kind of avoid that. Yeah. And when I realized I had been avoiding the greatest tool on earth, I was pretty disappointed in myself for being <laughs> human for a minute. Um, but yeah, so as far as learning, I mean, I've, I've got content out there. Um, Oz du Soleil is one of my uh, seriously most favorite uh, instructors. Oz, yeah, Oz is a LinkedIn learning instructor as well. But what I like about Oz is he's real and he's practical. So it's just like, that's just, that's my speed. I'm up for that. Um, and he's entertaining. Like he wears fun hats. He smokes cigars. He has Excel jerseys that are custom made. I mean, he's just, he's big fun, but the whole time he's being fun, he's actually very educational. So um, yes, please follow my content and, and watch it. I mean, you, you would, I think if you watch just a little bit of my, um, maybe my foundations or applied uh, learning data analytics, I think there's a section on Power Query. Um, you would get it immediately as a data person. You'd be okay. like, oh my gosh. What what about as the for the non-data folks? Is it fairly intuitive? Well, they encounter it like let okay. So most professionals at some point are going to pull some kind of data out of a system, right? It's gonna be some weird CSV format or tab delimit, some weird delimited file. And so they may encounter it when they try to open that file or when they're prompted to import data, uh, it they 
that they get the ability to load or transform the data. And so they may have just been like, oh, my God, what is this load and skipped it all together. But, yeah, I mean, I think. uh, I don't know. Is there such thing as a non data user? Let's start there. Like. That's a good point. I don't know that there is a non data user. So let me tell you some of the common functionalities that 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 people do. So you pull out data from a system and it has uh, dashes in the wrong place or it has dashes and you don't need them. You go and do some routine to clean them out. Uh, If you ever do text to columns, you'd never do it again uh, using text to columns if you knew Power Query. Um, If you remove duplicates, um, if you write uh, ridiculous if functions, uh, they're called conditional columns. If you um, concatenate or concat data, you're going to want to consider doing the merge columns in Power Query. So there is a little something for everybody there, but I think like earlier I said it kind of replaces macros. So let me address that because to me it's one of the most powerful components of it. So I get this file, I get this file once a week, I get this file every three days, I get this file every two weeks, and I and my process begins. I go clean this, I do that, I insert this, I delete this, I make everything uppercase, I make everything lowercase, I remove all this, I clean all the visible characters, all the non-printable characters, you know, I add my columns and I get it all pretty, and then I then I begin to work work. Mm-hmm. And so where macros came in is I would teach people how to record macros to replace that redundant step process. Well, when you're using a tool like Power Query, what it does is every time you clean or transform data, it records the step automatically. Mm -hmm. So it's no different than it's recording it in the programming. And so every step you perform is being recorded. So next week I get new data dump that data in and it just does everything based on what it recorded me doing the last time. Okay. Uh, And it's just extremely, it's just ridiculously powerful. You have people who, um, and then I'll shut up because I get excited about this, but like you have 15 different data dumps, right? And it represents 15 different slices of the same data using a tool like Power Query, you can put those 15 files in one location, write one routine, and every time you update those files, it just automatically brings them in. Um, it's just a ton of uses. So I think non-data people really are data workers. We like to think that there's a such thing. Um, there are levels of data professional. Mm-hmm. You know, I am a certain level of data professional. There are certain things I do that regular humans don't want to do or will never do. Um, but I think the data is just too, it's too accessible and everybody's really working it somehow. Yeah. So I kind of laughed when you said everybody is in data because there's this idea that I read about uh, fairly recently about, especially anybody that has analysts in their job title, whatever that may be data or yeah. otherwise yeah, um, is really a manual ETL process. So extract, transform, load for those that don't know. Oh, they meant mm-hmm. what they meant by that was if you're an analyst, you go, you get data from somewhere, you pull it down, you do something with it, you send it off somewhere else. And and so yeah. saying if you're doing that, 
automate it. <laughs> and so it sounds like Power Query is a really good tool for, for doing it. It is an ETL tool. That's a yeah. that's a great for the for the fancy and well informed of data words. Uh, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I recognized a long time ago, and I, I don't know, I, I spoke at an event not too long ago where I talked about this. I, I, I felt like I was behind the curve. This is probably, I don't know, seven, 10 years ago. I was like, I got to go to a data warehousing class. I need to go to a data warehousing class. I need to understand. All this. So I went to a data warehousing class and just realized they're just using software. They're just using different software. Yeah. Um, I was doing all the processes of data warehousing, including ETL already. I just wasn't exactly aware that that's when they gave it a buzzword that that's what they actually meant. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I think, and, you know, and there's also traditional ETL that's existed since, I don't know, like the sixties or seventies when it was developed. So, you know, but yeah, in some odd way, if you're pulling data out of a system or someone's pulling it out for you and giving it to you, the minute you touch it and do anything, that's, the transformation part and the minute you load it into a pivot table or into a paginated report or to a dashboard you know that's your loading process you're just not loading it into a data warehouse you're just loading it into a visual or 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 loading it into a tool so yeah you kind of um crapped all over the rest of my questions because you were i'm sorry i think you answered like everything by uh but i think we could have made like a 60 second episode where it said go learn power query the end you know yeah uh, yeah because, well but, that is maybe that's the promo is go learn power query yeah the end yeah the, uh, the end of you doing redundant processes unnecessarily because my one of the the questions i really wanted to ask you was you know if you're familiar with the 80 20 rule what 20 percent can we learn to to apply to the eighty percent that we do? And yeah. So within Excel, that's what I wanted to ask you: is what what should we learn? What's like the one thing, maybe, or, or the handful of things that we could learn mm-hmm. that we could really apply mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. across whatever eighty percent of of what we're doing? Yeah. It sounds like Power Query is going to be the answer to that. Is there something else? So let's yeah, say, you know, this Power is really. Query. Yeah. So again, I, the, like we talked about there being levels of data users, right? Um, I have literally been teaching Excel for two decades. And I think that there is really a loss when we do not teach our people how to properly format and leverage. This sounds ridiculous, but like the page layout, tools. Um, We don't properly teach the view tab and how to leverage the view tab. And then we also don't teach formula auditing, which I think is such an extremely powerful tool. Um, So I think just depending on, you know, if you're a regular everyday user and you print stuff or PDF stuff, you definitely need to be spending time on the page layout and understanding everything that's available there. Um, but if you're dealing with spreadsheets that other people have built, um, then you need to know tools that are available to you in formula auditing. Here's one that I hear pretty regularly is like, this person has built spreadsheet XYZ. The people perceive this person as some kind of mathematical wizard. Um, and it's because they have 3D functions. They have functions that are actually on other sheets or in other workbooks and what happens is you, you eventually figure out, okay, wait, this data is sourced somewhere else. Uh, where is somewhere else? And if you don't know about formula auditing, trace precedence, trace 
dependence, then you force yourself to actually, you know, do this number. Like I put my reading glasses on because I'm old now. Mm-hmm. You, you're like looking in the formula bar, trying to figure out, okay, that's C windows, whatever. Right. When if you used formula auditing, it would just light it up, let you double click a line and actually physically show you the spreadsheet so you could open it. So I think as listeners of the audit podcast, formula auditing is is probably something that's going to stick out to them. And I know yeah. even in uh, financial statement audits, that was a big push um, when I was in external audit was, okay, we have this spreadsheet, it's doing all this stuff. And then that's ultimately getting fed to the financials. How do we know what's going on in the workbook? Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. is, is formula auditing, is that a functionality within Excel or is that something? Yeah, it's on the formulas tab. On the formulas, here's another thing too. Like our relationship with working and learning Excel is here, do this, and then our response to that is scan for things that look like they may be something we need, and then then perform it. And so your eighty twenty rule, you you use twenty percent of it eighty percent of the time. So that other Uh, 80% you're ignoring it your brain doesn't even see it's not even there so I would encourage all people who are watching your podcast that the very first thing you want to do is actually go to the formulas tab and just stare at it (laughs) just look at it and look at it and I teach this in all my software classes look you know you have to learn how to learn software which nobody really talks about that but you know prime real estate's top left hand side of the window so you start there and you, and you read that thing like you learn to read left to right. And if you don't know what something is, well, just hover over it and try to educate yourself about it. And again, some things will be like, oh, wow, that's what that means. Okay, maybe I should dig and explore a little bit further. But I, I think there's, you know, unless you've had a Think Data or Robin Hunt trainer in your, in your organization, you're not hearing, okay, you got to learn how to learn this thing. And by the way, you just need to stare at it. It's like I have repetitively said for 20 years, the minute I would show somebody a, 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 a command and it would pop up a box, I'd be like, okay, don't, don't click. Okay. Don't click cancel. <laughs> Do me a favor. Read it. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's impactful when you're in a training environment like that. So hopefully being impactful to the people who watch your podcast. But yeah, I just think, you know, we're, we're just the tyranny of the urgent and we've got to find this and this sucks already. And this is so complicated. And why is it so hard that we're just like, don't have time to consume anything else. And the whole time we're having that response, that relationship with Excel, we're missing out on some things that are huge time savers like formula auditing and like the watch window. Okay. Like the watch window is part of formula auditing. And you're like, what happens if I do this on this sheet? Well, if you put a cell that has a function in it in the watch window and you make a tweak in 15 other locations, you can literally watch it change the value Mm -hmm. without having to navigate there. So there's just a lot of fun things to to do. It's a section called formula auditing on the formulas tab. So. Hey, everyone. Thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. 
automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. You talked about the trainings that you do, and I know you have a lot uh, on LinkedIn learning. I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so people can definitely check that out. But you're also mm -hmm. speaking at this data analytics conference that we're hosting uh, this week on Thursday and Friday. And you're a speaker because you're always fantastic. And thanks. Like, there's no level of, it seems like there are given people that go, oh, I'm a data scientist or, or, or data, whatever, uh, excels for losers kind of thing. Like that's almost the mentality of them, which I completely yeah. disagree with. Like I, I forever use pivot tables in Excel. To me, that's the best. Or maybe they're phenomenal. Not. No, they're great. Okay. I thought yeah. you were going to recommend something else within Excel. No. Like, oh, those actually suck now. Use this instead. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but like the, the tools that I use have data or, or uh, pivot functionality, mm. but Excel does it better than anybody else, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And so, so anyway, all that to say, you're speaking Excel uh, this week. What, what could we expect to learn at that training? Yeah. So learning, I, I pulled up my, um, session so I would know what I was actually oh I'm talking about one of my most favorite things data profiling okay. uh, it's not that I love to talk about data profiling I do um, but there is a way to profile automatically mm -hmm. and so I'm going to break down by actually you know what data profiling is formally mm -hmm. uh, and then how all of us are doing data profiling uh, in the in in a in a ineffective or inefficient method and show a command for that. I'm going to show the powerful cleaning routines that I'm talking about in Power Query. Uh, and I'm also going to talk about pivot tables because their pivot tables are, you know, pivot tables are a display and they are a tool. Mm -hmm. And so I think you, you, I think every data professional, even at the beginning level needs to understand what a pivot table is. I don't care what tool you use to build it. To me, um, Excel has some extremely powerful features with that. But then there's also um, Power BI has some make, you know, it's called a matrix in Power BI. Um, but it allows you to do textual based displays inside of Pivot, which is something that Excel won't let you do. So if I'm dealing with qualitative data, I may be looking at Power BI a little bit. If I'm working with just numbers, sums, averages, min maxes, then I'm using Excel. Um, so yeah, and then I'm talking about you know best ways to tell data stories. Perfect. Using, okay. but 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 not not from a. Okay, so some people would say I'm a data uh, analyst. Some people would say I'm a data engineer. Some people would say I'm a data scientist. I would laugh. I'm just like a data professional. Like I, I, I don't know what I am because even the industry doesn't know what we are. Um, but I try to be practical in the approach because I think, again, like I said, everybody's doing data somehow. And these are all things that all people, if they're shown how to properly engage with them and given a little bit of insight about why they matter uh, they'll figure out the rest. I mean, obviously we use Excel all over the world and most people have never had formal training. Yeah. <laughs> so we can, we're a figure it out kind of group. Right. Um, so yeah, but I'm excited about that. I'll say yeah. for uh, another pivot table story, I spent, and we we're talking macros earlier, this was 
10 or 15 years ago, I spent like six hours developing this macro uh, for this thing. And I, this was, I was maybe that had been out of school for like a year and I kind of ignored pivot tables. I was like, ah, I don't want to learn that. And so I didn't know it until after the fact, but I spent like six hours developing this macro and I was you know, working it, working it, working it. And then for whatever reason, I don't know, I just came across maybe pivot tables or something. And so like I, I did the drag and drop and everything. And it took me the first time, it took me five minutes to recreate what took me six hours. Oh, to. it's hurtful. It's painful. And then so, it's once, painful. so then once I figured out, I was like, oh, this is how pivot tables work. So instead of doing mm. it this way, let me do it. It took me 60 seconds to do it the next time. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And so, and I, I think that is the case. I think with a decent amount of folks, they see pivot tables and it's just like, no, nah, I'm not touching that. That look, I'm I don't, scared of that. Looks, yeah, yeah, I hear it weird. all the time. I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, companies will call me and they'll say, um, Robin, we really, we need some advanced Excel training. And I'm like, oh yeah, awesome. Cool. Yeah. And they're like, could you teach us pivot tables? Right. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's a beginner. Yeah. Okay. But it is, it's beginner and it's advanced, mm -hmm. but the pivot table has an advanced outcome. Like the outcome is advanced. The outcome is impactful. The outcome is just out of this world. It's no different than learning how to use a hammer. You know what I mean? You just got to learn how to hit in the right spot. Yeah. And once you figure out how to use that hammer and hit in the right spot, the next thing you know, you got a house. You know what I'm saying? You got some kind of buildings, kind of structures, kind of frame, like whatever. Um, and I, I just think we we just, again, we just have this idea. Like, I wish people would just get the ideas out of their mind that these things are so hard. And, and again, because we have such a huge, like, businesses need data professionals of every size, shape, level, and understanding. Yeah. And, and we can never provide enough data analysts, data workers, data engineers, data architects, as long as there is the fear factor that somehow or another, this is some kind of magic trick or some kind of like, you have to have some kind of like gigantic brain on your shoulders in order to do this job. Um, now that's not to say that there are some spectacular, uh, incredibly smart data scientists out there um, that are doing things that are just out of this world and developing technology. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't like trying to be that. Yeah. I'm just trying to be better at my job. I'm trying to report things that are impactful to the organizations that I support. So yeah, I, I, again, I, I think I will probably spend the rest of my career and likely the rest of my life trying to just demystify the scary part and say, it's not scary. Anybody can do it if they, try they may not go to the upper like you may not ever be the head of the data science team at the largest world organization you may not be curing cancer solving world hunger creating world peace but you could be doing some really good work and really impactful and really have a wonderful successful and a fulfilling career in data if you would just get over yourself and your ideas of it yeah and then one day i'll get all the buzzword people to stop like stop making buzzwords we've been doing this for decades yeah anyway. it's it's such a struggle even when when i talk to folks like i feel like a large part of what i do is just educating them minus mm -hmm. the buzzwords so i'll do a whole session on ai um 
and I spend 15 minutes going, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this, yeah. like forget those. This is like, I spend a lot of time when I do sessions, really trying to figure out the easiest way to explain what the marketing mm -hmm. folks have made very complicated. Um, yeah. And I think you're fantastic at it. I've attended, I think, two of your sessions uh, over the past few years. Um, and you're kind of perfect for that. So I, I, I appreciate what you do and, and how you do it. Thank you. There is something that I did want to talk about. So there's always, there's, there's kind of this problem, I think, within data in that a lot of folks want structure. And so they want, they look for like a certification within a given like tool or mm -hmm. something. So yeah. I'm using this tool. I need to go get a certification for that tool. Yeah. I think you're working on, um, or rather, let me just tee it up like this. You're, you're partnering with an organization to develop a, a data certification that is a tool agnostic. Is that right? It's tool agnostic, vendor neutral. Uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm thrilled to death. It's CompTIA. Uh, some people will say CompTIA. Right. Um, they are an industry standard for technical certifications. Um, most people will know of them in the technical world as A+, Net+, Security+, uh, all standards of any uh, uh, entry-level certification going into IT. And yeah, they're, they've created an exam for Data Plus, and it is meant to identify and train data analysts and certify them. It covers um, all of what you would expect a data analyst to have, which is interesting because, you know, again, it's that's a moving target depending on who you're talking to. Um, but it covers database concepts um, from warehousing to data lakes uh, and, and what the analyst needs to know about that. Um, it talks about data transformation, data cleaning, visualization, uh, data analysis, like, you know, normal distribution and standard deviation. Uh, all, all, not, not, too, not too deep, but, you know, deep enough. Uh, and then data governance, which I think is just a huge, like a big plus on the data plus side, because yeah. data governance, um, unless you're in a regulated industry, can be kind of dicey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know I'm excited. They, um, they reached out and said, Hey, we've created this certification. And I'm completely removed from the exam team. Like I don't have any conversations with them. I don't have any community with them. And they were like, here's the objectives. Now we want you to write the official training curriculum. I'm like, what? I don't even get to talk to the exam people. <laughs> and they were like, no, I'm like, what for real? So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been amazing. Um, I've never, I mean, I've self-published, but I've never written a book at this level. And so that's exciting, but just, just watching it all come together and knowing that in first quarter of 2022, there's going to actually be a data certification that is not tool specific. And it will allow us to work with organizations to say, okay, what kind of data professional are you looking for? And then knowing from an individual perspective, they can go into an organization and say, these are the things that I know that I can do now. Just give it all to me. Yeah. Let me figure it out from there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. But again, CompTIA being industry recognized, uh, internationally recognized, it's been it's been a fun process. But I think it's a big win for our industry. Mm -hmm. And it's that, you know, there's, again, every level of data worker. But that person that is in data every day who wants to succeed, wants to grow, you know, data, data in college is new. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like finding a data science uh, program, a data 
specific program is usually aimed at one thing and, and there's not enough of them. And some of us are already in the workforce. We can't go back. So this certification really just kind of, it, it's going to give people an upper hand. I'm, I'm thrilled about it. And to be able to develop the official curriculum, uh, it also makes us the first training provider in the country. So as soon as that exam releases, well, I'm going to start teaching it. Because nice. I wrote the book, so <laughs> why not? Yeah, literally. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really, I'm thrilled, I'm, and I'm happy. My team is very supportive, and they're they're a part of this process too, and so they're preparing to teach it, and it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm going to dig into it for sure. I think it could go a long way in data literacy in general, which is where I find there to be a, a large issue within internal audit, especially because they'll maybe a group has the dedicated data analyst, but then to have mm -hmm. the rest of the team be able to come to that person and go. Hey, I was looking at this data and I want to be able to do this with it. I yeah. think a lot of times they they can't express what that this is. And so yeah. being able just to communicate back to the data analyst what they want and knowing what's possible, I think is the biggest thing, what's possible with this and being yeah. able to communicate that, I think would be huge for internal audits. So I'm well, and to, uh, really big for, uh, yeah, I think the ability to communicate on common terms and know what you're asking people. I think about not just the coworker scenario, but managers mm -hmm. like managers who do not have the proper amount and right type of data literacy information. They don't even know what they're asking yeah. their data workers. I mean, how can that possibly be good? So I would just leave it with this so that there is, you know, the best data literacy approach for your organization is to develop data literacy at the levels Mm -hmm. right there's levels of data literacy like your data science team has a level of data literacy that your standard business unit probably doesn't need but that doesn't mean they don't need something yeah right and so leveling that data literacy approach i think would be super super important perfect we've hit on a lot um like a lot of good takeaways one keep an eye out for that comptia certification power query uh pivot tables the training that you're doing the training that you offer on um, LinkedIn, mm -hmm. um, as well as the other yeah, We offer it here too in town. Like, you know, you can call us up. We'll come to you. If you're anywhere <laughs> in the United States, they'll come. <laughs> to yeah. You. I'll, uh, I'll leave it with, is there anything you want to leave the audience with? I just want to leave the audience with, there is a ton of freely available information. There are um, paid resources out there. Um, the biggest thing I would encourage people to do is to, one, look at your software, like actually look at it when you're not stressed um, and looking for something in particular. Um, two, just be aware that you may have some ideas that you perceive as something that can hold you back. And please just get rid of those and continue to pursue data. And yeah, link in, follow me, talk to me. Yeah, all that fun stuff. Fantastic. I know I'm definitely checking out power query now um I'll, yes i'll put the time in so all right robin appreciate it all right see ya hey everyone thank you very much for listening to this episode of the audit podcast whatever platform you're listening on right now i'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere so please hit the subscribe button there if you're listening through itunes or spotify feel free to go give us that five star rating it only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five star review and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from The Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.